Welcome to the Become New.me podcast with John Ortberg. Passage to Wisdom, Episode 9 Life Beyond Brooding. Let me ask you a question. Do you ever brood? Do you ever ruminate over something? Do you ever get a thought inside your head and you know it's not productive? You know it's not constructive? You know it's not going to lead to anything healthy? But you can't stop thinking about it. And it makes you angry or resentful or makes you feel inadequate or makes you feel a level of self-pity, makes you become self-absorbed and self-preoccupied and worried about what's going to happen tomorrow and upset about the way that some other person has treated you. Do you ever do that? Well, if you do, you have come to the right place. I'm John Hartberg, and this is Passage to Wisdom. We're walking together through some of the great wisdom of some of the great minds of all times to help us live better with God and with ourselves and with other people when we don't have the power to do that, but we can receive it from God. And today I'm super excited. I'm actually going to begin looking at a few different passages from one of my favorite books. It's called Crime and Punishment. It's by Russian author Dostoevsky, and it's about a man, Raskolnikov, who is a young student. He is the hero of the book, but a deeply flawed, ambiguous character, as all of us are, who at the beginning of the book is enormously conflicted in his thinking. Part of what I love about this book is Dostoevsky is just brilliant, way better than Freud at understanding the unconscious nature of our thoughts and plumbing the depths of our, our minds are such a mess. We are all a head case. A friend of mine said a while ago, I'm a bigger head case than I thought. And that's the truth about all of us. And part of what Dostoevsky is just a genius at is showing how we don't understand our own minds. In this book, Raskolnikov, this impoverished young student, uh, is seized by the temptation from the first page on to kill an old woman, a crone, she's a pawnbroker, she's cruel, she destroys the lives of people that come into contact with her. It would be a good thing for society if she did not exist, Raskolnikov thinks. Part of what Dostoevsky is exploring here is that notion of utilitarianism. If I just decide there's no absolute right or wrong, I'll just try to decide what's the greater good for the greater number. Will that enable me to have convictions firm enough to live by? And so Raskolnikov uh, obsesses over this thought. And at one point he hears from his mom and his sister who he loves. And because he's so impoverished and all their hopes are set on him, they're both sacrificing themselves. His sister is going to marry a man she does not even love because that man's got some money and then she could give that to Raskolnikov. And of course that uh, is a great burden on his pride. And so he decides, I must do away with this old woman. Now I will tell you that we will go beyond his wrongdoing to its discovery and then to his deep remorse and his fear of the pain that he will face when it's found out and his attempts to cover up and and then ultimately his confession and then ultimately his entering into a relationship where he can be loved and his finding God and the picture of resurrection in this story Lazarus the story of Lazarus is one of the themes of it is as deep as I know in any book that I have ever read but again you don't have to read it. Uh, Dostoevsky actually has quite a lot of humor, I think, but it can be a real dark novel for some people. 
uh, Amazon, you know, has reviews for every book, including Dostoevsky, and there's a bunch of one-star reviews for this book. Somebody wrote about it, they gave it one star, and they said, my crime was I bought this book, and my punishment was I had to read it. So, you don't have to read it. But uh, it's a peerless view into the human mind, and in the beginning of the book, he is uh, in a constant state of unrest, of feverish anguish. And one moment he thinks, I could never do this, it's way too dark, it's loathsome. And so he makes a resolve and he thinks to himself, oh, that's so good, freedom, now I'm free. But part of what Dostoevsky is a master of is how deluded we are when we think a decision that we make in one moment, the feeling that we have in one moment, if it is not tethered to a deeper conviction that is transcendent and rooted in our bodies and our habits, that decision can be gone in a heartbeat. And you see the mind working in this way. And then in other moments, he will think, I'm inadequate. I have not provided for my family. I must do this thing so that I don't have to have my pride offended by somebody else doing something for me. And here's, here's the sentence I want you to hear today. So he tortured himself, fretting himself with such questions and finding a kind of enjoyment in it. And that's our problem. We brood, uh, we spiral, because in same, some strange way, we get this cold comfort from self-pity. We have some strange, inexplicable need to torture ourselves rather than surrendering ourselves. And this is exactly what Paul writes about. First chapter of Romans, I'll just mention this real quickly, talks about people far from God. Paul says, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. That's what our minds are meant to do. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. And that's our situation. That's what Dostoevsky shows. It really is quite simple. It is futile thinking, spiraling, obsessing, brooding over resentments, and then darkened hearts, darkened actions, darkened intentions. And if you ever read through Romans 1, where it talks about they, their thinking, their shameful acts, and you think, man, those people out there are bad, you be real careful, because in chapter 2, Paul springs the, chap, uh, the trap, and he says, you therefore have no excuse, for you, when you judge them, you judge yourselves. We're all the same. Our hearts are all darkened by the same brokenness and sinfulness, and I may not have killed an old pawnbroker, but who knows what I would be capable of in the right circumstances or what you would be capable of. The only hope for me is to be transformed by the renewing of my mind, by being freed by a power greater than myself so that I can think thoughts that are noble and good and true. And one of the characteristics of Raskolnikov, although his mind is very active and filled with all kinds of thoughts, he is very passive about his mind. He never steps back to ask, what kind of thoughts am I thinking and what might it look like to surrender my mind to a greater power? I'm not sure there's anything I've wrestled with more over the last two years than my own temptation to brood and to ruminate and to have 
suffer from what Jeffrey Schwartz in his book, You Are Not Your Brain, calls deceptive brain messages. Now, deceptive brain messages uh, are distorted thoughts or unhelpful desires or urges or impulses. And they may not be strictly unfactual. Like I might think this person said something unkind about me, and maybe they did. I might think this person is more successful than I am or better looking than I am, and they probably are. I may think my child has done something to hurt me, and, and they may have. What makes it a deceptive brain message is it gets planted in my brain like a little tune that you can't get rid of, and I spiral around and around on it in ways where I'm not solving anything. It's not making me more productive. It's not helping me to get anywhere. It's creating a brooding, negative, darkened spirit that is making me a worse person. Now, these deceptive brain messages come to us all the time. You're not responsible for the fact that they come to you, but you and I are responsible for what do we do with them. And uh, they suck up our time, they exhaust us, they take away our zest for life, they interfere with our ability to God. And the invitation for today is, don't try to make them go away by willpower. Just observe them, recognize that they're there, accept them. Jeffrey Swartz says, accept that you're having a bad brain day. Some days it's just a bad brain day. My brain is sending these thoughts here, so I become aware of them. I don't try to fight them. I just acknowledge them and hand them over to God and say, God, uh, these are my thoughts. I'm aware of them. I surrender them to you. Would you transform my mind? Would you bring to me thoughts of truth and goodness and hope and love and joy and, and what it is that I can do for other people. All of our life, all of who we will become, all of our destiny begins in our minds. And that's where, for Raskolnikov, the great punishment for his crime comes. Not in a prison camp in Siberia. Dostoevsky himself spent a chunk of time in Siberia. For Raskolnikov, and for you and for me, the real punishment comes from inside of our souls when we are separated from God and love and forgiveness. God, would you be in our minds today? Would you fill them with thoughts that lead us to you and to life? I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for joining us. Receive alerts for new episodes by texting the word become to the number 56525. Or invite a friend by sharing the link